With that said, um, last week we, we preached on John chapter 20. This today being our last message of the Jesus Together series, Lord willing. I always want to throw that in there because, you know, he shake things up this week. I'll shake up with him, right? But uh, this, this being the last week of our Jesus Together series, y'all can clap because I know a lot of you are probably going, thank God, right? You know, but um, I hope it's been good to you. And I, and I, I wanted to start out, and was I really going to start out, I was going to ask the question, um, you know, what, what did God reveal to you this year in the book of John? And through these messages and through these series, and maybe not from my lips, but just from being encouraged to dig into it yourself. And, and I was going to start out this morning kind of asking that, but then God, God kind of turned it all around on me a little bit this week. The message is the same, but kind of the lead up is, is a little different. Because last week, I, I, you can ask Chris and, and, and TJ and Dwight and, and some of these guys, especially you can ask my wife, I am really hard on myself about nailing it up here. I I am. I spent a lot of time in study. I spent a lot of time in preparation. A lot of this stuff has been prepared months ago, and I am, you know, memorizing it and memorizing it and memorizing and going over it and over and over it again so that the three points are in my head. I do trust the Holy Spirit to bring everything else back, but I I memorize those three points. I trust God to deliver it. And in some weeks, now last week, you know, whatever, you could say I I had a cold, I was on cough medicine, whatever, right? I just didn't feel like I hit the mark. And, and that eats at me. And, and those of you who know me closely know, man, it just, there's one thing that girds me, it's that, right? Is, is that I miss the mark because I just don't feel like this is a place you should miss the mark. Amen? I just don't. Uh, I don't think this is a place where you should wing it. I don't think this is a place where you should work it out as it goes. I don't think this is a place where you just feel the crowd. I think there, there needs to be massive preparation and, and, and massive study and, and massive goodness of God in, in this moment. And, and so when I walked away from it, I, I, I kind of felt like, man, I just, I just didn't hit it. I knew, I knew the message, and it's like I told a couple of them, man, it was right here. I just couldn't get it here. And, um, you know, the hope was to, to make it clear to you why I think Mary was the first one Jesus revealed himself to, ultimately. And, and that is because Mary is the only one who didn't lose hope. Mary is the only one who didn't lose hope. At the foot of the cross, there stood Mary. You know, and then on, on resurrection morning, there went Mary to the tomb. And, and you can imagine all of the pundits. I'm not re-preaching last week, but just as a lead up into today's message, I think it's important that we get this, right? Because everybody else left. Everybody else went away. And you say, well, now, wait a minute. Mary and John was at the foot of the cross. Where were they resurrection morning? Right? I don't know. Bible doesn't give me an account of that. They were probably in the room where the others were, I would guess. But it doesn't tell me that. All I know from Scripture's account is Mary was there. Mary was determined. Mary had not lost her hope. Right? When everyone else lost hope in Jesus, Mary didn't. But wait, there's a cross. Mary didn't lose hope. But wait, there's a crown of thorns. Mary didn't lose hope. But wait, there's, there's a spear and, and, and there's guards and, and, and there's this rain and there's this darkness. Mary didn't lose hope. Right? All of the things given to Mary to say, go back to where you were. 
Jesus was a fake. Jesus wasn't real. Go back to what you were. Mary chose to stand fast and not lose hope in Jesus. On that resurrection morning, Mary, there's a stone in front of the tomb. Come on, face facts. He's gone. Mary didn't lose hope. What are you, okay, fine. Maybe something miraculous happens and the stone magically moves away. What are you going to do about the guards? Mary didn't lose hope, right? And, and, I'm, and I'm exaggerating the point because I need us to get that, right? Because this world, this life, the circumstances and the situations that you and I deal with every day, Satan will manipulate those things to steal our hope and steal our joy of Jesus Christ. Right? And if he can do that, guess what? We become like Peter, we become like all of the others that go back to where we were and do the things that we did and not serve and follow Jesus in an anointed, powerful way. Remember what was our goal when we started this out? Amen? To receive the full power and the full promise of everything that Jesus gave us and promised to us at the end of his time here on earth. Right? That's what we said would be our goal in all of this series. Amen? And here, when, when everything comes to an end, right? And this was no secret. You knew we were walking through John, so you knew we were going to end up at the cross. What happens when you and I are faced with the cross of Jesus and faced with, faced with his words of pick up our cross after we do what? Deny ourselves. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow him. Amen. Everybody had that choice. Every single one of them had that choice. Mary was the only one that did it. Mary was the only one who did it. He healed me and gave me sight. He wasn't there. He made me walk. I was lame from birth. He wasn't there. Amen. I, I was part of the crowd on the mountain that he fed everybody. Man, the food just kept coming. They weren't there. Right? The only one there was Mary. And so Jesus appeared to her and he gave a command. Go and tell him I'm alive. I'm paraphrasing. Right? But Jesus told Mary, the one with probably the ugliest story, the one that, that didn't meet up with tradition, the one that, that probably in many people's ideas and imaginations didn't look the part, Right? Jesus says to her, go tell him I'm alive. Right? So hope, hope, and I want you to, under, I want you to get this phrase. I don't know if it's a tweetable moment or not, but, but whatever. Write it down or something or, or impression it in your head. Amen. I want you to get this. Hope, Mary's hope, turns to action. When we hold on to the hope of Jesus Christ in our life and we walk in the purity of that hope, not our hope, amen, because here's what will happen. We'll start Christmas wishing Jesus, right? 
We'll start Christmas wishing Jesus. Oh, God, if you give me this, I'll serve you. Oh, God, if you give me that, I'll serve you. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'll worship you if you do this. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Amen. And before you know it, we're giving Jesus a Christmas list. We might as well put a red hat on him and a bow. Right? Because then we're no different than all of the others that turned back to the world and lost hope in who Jesus was and what Jesus was and, and began rehearsing these things from where they always were. Right? There's a great thing that's going around. And I, I, I'm not on TikTok, but I, I, do, I do catch some reels now and then on, on Facebook. And uh, there's this, this cool uh, demonstration that uh, the pastor, I don't even know his name, he's a... He's a, a guy that looks like I could like, pick him up like a bag of potatoes and put him over my shoulders. He's a little dude and, and everything else. But he's got these two huge ladders up front with him. And, and uh, the, the ladders are like side by side. And he steps up on the first rung on each one. And he says, this is how we want to live the Christian life, right? One, one foot on the world, one foot, you know, on the cross, Right? And I think they overlapped a little, the ladders overlapped a little bit. So it was easy for him to get up two or three rungs, right? But, but the further up he would go, the more difficult it was for him to stay on, on a rung on each ladder. And he would get up to the point to where finally, amen, he either needed to become a gymnast really quick or he had to make a decision of which ladder he was going to choose, Right? And, and his, his ladders didn't have this, but I wondered, what if, we, what if we put labels on those rungs? Right? What if we put labels on those rungs? Amen? And the closer we get to Jesus, right? And, and, and the more the world and its precedent in our life and hold on our life has, there's going to be things on those rungs that, man, they're going to be hard to give up. There's going to be things on those runs that, man, I don't, I, don't know if I, can, I, I don't know if I can fully trust you with my family, Jesus, because I think I might do a better job. Right? I don't know that I can trust you with my finances, Jesus, because I, I think I might do a better job. Right? I don't know that I, don't, I, don't know that I can trust you uh, with, my, with my pet or my dog. Right, because we all love we all love our dogs, right? Because I think I might do a better job. That was supposed to be funny. <laughs> but is it not true that once we get so far up, we have a really hard time deciding what we're going to give to Jesus? Amen. Because we think we might know better. We think we might be smarter. Oh, maybe we're more educated. Jesus didn't go to college like I did. Jesus doesn't have t 10 things after his name like I did, right? You see, somewhere by the world's test, Jesus fails. And somewhere by Jesus' test, the world fails. And we have to choose. We have to choose. And here is the point of all points. Hope must turn to action for us. Hope in Jesus must turn to action. And here's the three points. I'm just going to give them to you real quick, and we'll let God preach from there. Amen? The first point, the first action, is I've got to do what? Deny my 
self. Well, wait a minute, Jay. We've heard this throughout. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. And what are you doing with it? Amen? Because the message is as true day one when it was preached from John chapter 3 as it is today. We must deny ourselves. Amen? But I think this, Lord, I don't care. Deny yourself. Well, I think this is a good idea. Jesus, don't care. Deny yourself. Right? It means everything, even our thoughts has to pass through the workmanship of Jesus Christ and be affirmed before they can turn to action in our life. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? Because if I'm denying myself, it means I am giving my thoughts, I'm giving my hearts, I'm giving my goals. You should have goals. I'm not saying give up your goals. Amen? But your goals should pass the Jesus test. Right? Your goals should pass the Jesus test. Your work, your efforts, the things that you do should pass the Jesus test. Amen? Your marriage should pass the Jesus test. Your dating should pass the Jesus test. Amen? Come on, church. I'm loving you right now. I'm not, I'm not beating you up. I'm telling you that, man, if, we, if we're going to get it right, and what did we say in the beginning? We want to get Jesus right. And you all agreed with me? Amen? I'm simply saying that all of these things have got to pass the Jesus test in our life. Amen? And that Jesus test is denying ourselves and taking up our cross. Choosing him over the world. Choosing his wrong over the world's wrong. Whatever that might be. Whatever that might be. You see, all of those, all of those people we talked about in association with Mary choose, chose the world's wrong. It doesn't mean that they stopped believing in Jesus. It doesn't mean that the miracles went away. It doesn't mean that the impact Jesus had on their life was, was not there anymore. It just meant when faced with the harsh reality that their Savior died on a cross versus putting his heel on Rome's head, they had to make a decision. And when our Savior tells us things like deny yourself rather than be glorified and be lifted up, which our flesh seeks, right? That we choose Jesus. That we choose Jesus and who he is and what he is. Amen? And so that brings us, that brings us into chapter 21. Let me jump into the scriptures. Um, before the Spirit just takes us through him. Starting at verse, chapter 21, verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on the wise showed, him, showed he himself. There were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. We'll get back to that. They say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. Back in the beginning... When Jesus called his disciples, 
Do we remember the moment? Haven't caught anything. We've been at this all night, Lord. Amen. You can eat, you know, Chosen does a really good job of, of depicting Peter's frustration when Jesus says, put it on that side. We've done that, Master. He even says, I don't have a quarrel with you, Master, but I'm tired and I just want to go home. How, to, how many times have we been tired and just want to go home on Jesus? Huh? He said, just, just do it again. Just do it again. They put it in and they pulled up more than they, they could handle. Right? Everyone came running and, and helped them get it into the boat. Amen. And what did Jesus say to them in that moment? Follow me. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. Right? What was that? That was a call to action. Amen. In the marketing world, right? And being the marketing guy for a minute, in the marketing world, we call that a call to action. So at all of your commercials, you can check me up on this, all of the commercials and things that you watch on TV, what happens? You get the nice little jingle and you get all the cool little things that, that gets implanted in your mind that you remember. So you remember the brand and you remember the logo. But what do they do at the end? Hey, go to your local dealership because right now they've got this offer. What is that? That's a push. That's a call to action. They're saying to you, everything that you thought was cool about this commercial, now I'm hooking you and drawing you in. Here's your call to action. Go and do it today because these prices aren't guaranteed forever or whatever. That's a call to action. They're trying to convince you to make that decision now rather than later, right? Jesus had a call to action moment with the disciples when he said to them, follow me. I'm not going to make you. But I'm inviting you to follow me. And if you follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Amen? Now let's think about this for a minute. They had to give everything up to follow him. For three years, man, they weren't home a whole lot. For three years, they weren't working their job. They were relying on, no, nobody go quit your job tomorrow, right? Because that was one of the dumbest things that people do after a message like this. Right? That's not the point. The Bible also tells you that you should go to work tomorrow. All right? So let's not have that conversation. But, but understand this. They gave up everything to follow Jesus. What did they do? They denied themselves. They denied themselves. He says, follow him, so I'll follow him. The call to action was just follow him. There was no other promise. There was, there was no resume. There was no interview process. There was nothing. Jesus in full control, under full anointing, says, follow me. I, not you, not your education, not your, your prowess, not your abilities, not your skill, not your know-how, not your reputation. None of that will make you fishers of men. I. I. That's it. That's it. I will make you fishers of men. Amen? So in that moment, they placed their hope in Jesus to make them something that their family didn't see in them, to make them something that the rabbis didn't see in them when they sent them home to learn the family business. Amen? Now somebody sees something in them that nobody else had seen in them or no one else wanted to empower in them. And what does he even say? He even says, you're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. Amen. Amen? 
And so Jesus is looking for those of us that are willing to come to his feet and have hope in him. Not ourselves, not anybody else, but hope in him to do the unthinkable in our lives. To do the unthinkable in our lives. Amen? To empower us to all of these things that he's promised. He doesn't do that. Or I don't do that. You don't do that. He does that. So see, we must have hope. We must have hope in Jesus. Because I can't do it, friend. And you can't do it. He does it in us and through us. So he comes to them, or they come to him, and he calls out to them. And he says to them, have you any meat? I don't think Jesus really cared that much about if they'd caught anything all night. Kind of like when he showed up to Adam, and he said, Adam, where art thou? And, and Adam's kind of like, oh, I don't want to answer that question. Because, like, I've, I've messed up big time. And, and I'm, I'm over here hiding. I'm sure there's poison ivy somewhere around here, and I'm just a complete mess, right? I, I think it was that kind of question. Where are you, Adam? I think in this moment, Jesus had promised to make him fishers of men. Jesus had been gone. What was he hoping they had done? That he had preached their gospel. That he had preached the gospel. That they had preached the gospel. That they had lifted him up and elevated him past the cross in their life. Amen? Because here's the thing. we got to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. What does that mean? That means there comes a point and a time in the process where we take up the cross but move past it. Right? And most of us are still struggling either on the deny yourself part or on the cross part because it's so heavy. Because it's so difficult. Because I've got to give this up and I've got to give that up. I've got to sacrifice this. I've got to sacrifice this. I've got to go here. I've got to go there. Right? Right? I mean, that's the cross. Amen? So you're either, either carrying your cross or you have stepped past your cross into the glory of God. And until you step into the glory of God, all of those manifestations of His Spirit are not coming. Amen? Because He's still trying to help you get through the cross. He's still trying to help you get through the burden of serving Him. And it is, there is great difficulty in serving him. But he will help you through it. Amen? If you choose not to waller in it, he will empower you through it. Because his goal is to get you through it, that you might step into the glory, and you might step into the hope, and you might step into the promise of all that he is, and then he begin to manifest that power on your life. Amen? Somebody asked me the other day, he said, he said, he said why, aren't, why aren't people pulling, I think I told you this a, a couple of weeks ago, why aren't people pulling their cots into the street and, and, and people's shadows falling on them and they jump up healed and alive? Amen, we're not getting past the cross. 
Amen. The church isn't getting past the cross. We're still wallowing around with the cross. Amen. And we have yet to find the glory to step into. We might tiptoe into it every once in a while, but then we run back to the burden and the wallowing around with the cross. Amen. Jesus is asking us to take up our cross and follow him. Amen. And when we follow him, what does that mean? It means we go where he goes. It means we do the things he does. Right? Because we are with him. We are with him. We are one with him. We are clothed with him. We are bondservants to him. Amen. All of those phrases that, 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 that the disciples, soon to be apostles, became and said in their epistles that they wrote. Amen. I am clothed with Christ. I am a bondservant of the Most High. Amen. I am found one with him. Amen. Those are all quotes from men who died preaching his gospel. Right? Hope. Right? My hope is in him. My hope is in who he is, not in who I am. My hope is in who he is and what he is able to do in me. That's where my hope is. I am following him. I have progressed past the cross where, where this isn't heavy anymore. And amen, I will tell you that. Amen. If your cross is heavy, there is hope. Amen? Because you'll step deep enough into Jesus to where it's not heavy anymore. Amen? And you will walk in the glory and you will walk in the power. You will walk in His firmament. What does that mean? It means, honey, that He is my foundation. I cannot be shaken. I cannot be moved. It might be a bad day, honey, but I am standing in the glory of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And that's not heavy. Amen? That's not heavy. Why? Because I am empowered by Him. I am able to get through it in Him. Amen? I get it. I get it. Right? Jay is in a big embellishment moment. No, I'm, I'm preaching truth to you. Amen? 30 years ago, this was heavy. 30 years ago, man, it was, it was heavy. Amen? 30 years ago, it was hard. 30 years ago, two babies in the house preaching, you know, uh, 26 revivals a, a, a year. Amen. Leading a youth group of 50 plus kids. Right? That was hard. That was heavy. That was figuring this thing out as we go. Right? Amen. It's, it's not so heavy anymore. Why? Because I'm not trusting in me to figure it out. I'm not trusting in her to figure it out. Amen. My hope is in him. Amen. And he has called me to action. So guess what? I'm walking. And I'm moving. Amen. I remember a drill instructor one time. We're on a run. And it was the longest run we had ever done up to that point of boot camp. Amen. And we're running. We're, we, hit, we hit the point where, man, our bodies haven't been this far yet. Right? And, and we're in that mental moment of, am I going to push past the pain? Am I going to push past the ability not to breathe? And, and am I going to push past these things and keep going like they're telling me to? We're in that mental moment, 
right? And I'll never forget our drill instructor running backwards at that point who had ran the whole thing with us. And at that point, sensing where we were, turning around and running backwards saying, if you don't quit, there will be a day you never quit. Because you will understand that you are able to do far more than you think you are. He said, so quitters quit. I don't want you anyway. He said, everybody else tough it out and keep running with me. Still running backwards. And then he turns around and keeps running. I said, well, daggone it, I'm not going to be a quitter. Amen. If I die right here on this gravel road, I'll die right here on this gravel road. But you ain't calling me a quitter. And guess what? I ran another four, four and a half, five miles, whatever it was, and finished the run that day. 20 miles. If you'd have told this old fat country boy that he was going to run 20 miles one day, I'd have said, you're stupid because this don't run, right? But I finished. And you know what it taught me? It taught me that physically I am capable of more than I think I am. Amen? Now let's, let's transition that into the spiritual power of Jesus Christ. Okay? When you push past whatever those rungs are that want to hold on, I'm not saying those rungs are bad either. If you notice, I didn't say those hard rungs are, are the things of the world, partying and, and, and all of that stuff. I didn't say that. No, some, some of those rungs towards the top of the world are the things that we want to hold on when, we, when we're willing to give up all the other things. Amen? So there comes a point and a time in this thing that our hope in Jesus, in who Jesus is, has to turn to action. And that action starts with me. I have to do it. I have to choose not to quit. I have to choose to take the next step. I have to choose to endure the night because joy comes in the morning. Amen. I have to choose my hope in who Jesus is in spite of what the world is saying to me. In spite of what the enemy is dancing around in front of me saying. Amen. Did I want to quit that run? You betcha. You betcha. Amen? Because all they were going to do was call me names. But I refused to quit. I refused to quit. Amen? Part of that for me back then was I just wanted the title Marine. I wanted to do what few else had ever done. I wanted to be the commercial, right? Yeah, they, they hooked me. They got me, right? Their call to action got me. I signed up and I went to Paris Island. Right? But I wanted it. Amen? Maybe it's, because I was that, maybe it's because I was that chubby boy of the single mom who never wore the right clothes. Maybe it was because we never had what everybody else had. Maybe it was because I was tired of being told I wasn't good enough because of my circumstances and the situations that I didn't choose in this life. Amen? Maybe I wanted to show everybody else, you don't have this over your name. You didn't wear no dress blues. You can't poke fun at me anymore. I'll throat punch you. I'm talking back then. I'm not talking today. Don't flip the switch. So. 
Don't flip the switch, right? But maybe there, maybe there was a part of me that I needed, I needed to step out of that persona that, that had been given to me by a lot of people other than myself and other than Jesus Christ. And, and I needed to do something to stomp my foot down and say, no, 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 this is who I am. Amen? And sometimes in our Christian life, we need that same moment. Sometimes in our Christian life, we need that same moment where we put our foot down and say, absolutely not. I belong to Jesus. My hope is in Jesus. My joy is in Jesus. My waiting is in Jesus. And my promise is in Je- My power is in Jesus. Everything I want, everything I desire, everything about who I am or who I want to be is in Jesus. It is not in you. It is not in the world. It is not in my bank account. It's not in anything of this life. It is in Jesus Christ. And if I walk in that alone I walk in that alone and I won't quit I won't quit and I'm going to be honest with you today Christian people are quitting for the dumbest of things but what what's what the real evidence of that is not 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 calling them dumb, not calling them stupid, but what's evidence of that is the rungs they choose. The rungs they choose. It's not, it's not them quitting, but it's the weakness and the lack of hope and the lack of joy in Jesus Christ over the things of this life that caused them to bow out of the race. That calls them to say it's not worth fighting for. That calls them to say it's not worth taking the step. That calls them to say when everybody else quits, I'm going to quit too. Amen? Because I choose not to dare to be different. I choose not to dare to be one that belongs to Jesus. I would rather be just like everybody else. Amen? There was only one Resurrection morning. One. Amen. Jesus comes to shore. Remember all of the moments he had with the disciples? We shared a lot of them with you through the book of John, but Matthew, Mark, and, uh, and, and Luke give us more. Amen. Of, of moments that the disciples had with Jesus. Strong, powerful, intimate moments. They healed in his name. They, they did great works in his name. And they, then they were present with him at all of these great things that he had done. But when it came time for them to take action, right? When it came time for them to share the gospel and to be what Jesus had prepped and conditioned them to be, they went back to who they were. They went back to what they were. I'm not saying they became evil people. I'm not saying that they became sinful people. But I'm saying they just went back to what was normal. And they went back to what was comfortable. And they went back to what made them happy, at least on the surface. Right? Here's here's a reality. Sin is a deceiver. I don't care what that sin is. Amen, and we, we, we list all day long, right? And, and I'm not interested in doing that. 
Amen. But sin is a deceiver. And sin is cyclical. Amen. And I, be, I would believe if you were honest with yourself and with me, amen, that you do the same sins over and over and over again. Right? You do the same things over and over again because it's become comfortable to you. It's become a way of life to you. And you have justified it to the point that you just keep, you just keep living through it. Right? And here's the challenge. Here's the, here's the real action. And the challenge to that is Jesus needs to peel that off. He needs to peel that off of you. And he needs to bring you into his presence. And whatever the next thing is that, that reveals itself, peel that off. And the next thing, peel that off. And the next thing, peel that off until there's nothing standing between you and Jesus anymore other than your willingness to follow him. And that's something you have to take action on. That is something that you have to say. You know what? He told me to follow him. And so I'm following him. He told me to share his gospel. Amen? And I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people in pulpits doing a lot of good things. Amen? But I'm going to say this. And it's not with, with malice or anger. Amen? Your pulpit wasn't meant to be uh, uh, an area that someone should go to when they need therapy. Right? I'm not saying anything negative about therapy. I'm not saying anything negative about therapists. But there are offices for that. What I am saying is the pulpit was meant for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And only the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can say, well, now, you know, this and that and the other, that, that's part of gospel. No, the gospel of Jesus Christ is him coming of a virgin birth, him living in the, in the full likeness of who we are, yet sinning not, dying on the cross of Calvary, being laid in a tomb, and raising three days later, ascending to the Father, and now interceding for me and you. That is the hero of the story. Nobody else. Nothing else. And I guarantee you, all of the guys that give their life for him after the book of John, they would all tell you the same thing. This story is not about me. You're reading about what he did in me and what he did through me and what he did because I chose him. And when we have conversations in heaven with them, they're going to be quick to tell you, don't pat me on the back. Don't raise me up. Amen. Paul, if anybody had a moment for that, and what did he say? He said, I'm not worthy to be crucified like him. I'm not worthy of it. Turn me upside down. I, I, I am not worthy to resemble what he resembles whatsoever. Amen. There's one hero in this story, and only one. Amen? It's not us because we think we're smart, and it's not us because we think we've got eloquent words. No, it even says that the preaching of the gospel should be foolishness. Right? That's why you get crazy guys like me. Right? But we are called to action, church. Because there's going to come a day... That he's going to show up and he's going to ask us in similar ways, have you any meat? 
I, I do my best to look everybody in the eyes several times as I'm up here. But, but if I were to go around after that and ask, I would, I would look each one of you in the eye. And, and I would say, have you any meat? Have you any meat? What are you doing with the gospel of Jesus Christ? I know what it did for you. I know what it did for you. And I applaud that. Amen. I'm not, I am not belittling that at all. Give your testimony. Give your testimony. Raise your hand. Amen. But somewhere along the way, I expect you to move past your testimony. Amen. Somewhere along the way, I expect you to move past your testimony and step into his glory. And now you're operating in his full glory. And the testimony that you give over and 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 over right now is gone. Why? Because he's doing a new thing in you today. Amen. I'm not making fun of the testimony. I want your testimony. Give it. Give it. Lift it loudly for him. I am all for that. But as you grow, I expect you to move past that testimony and step into new ones. Step into new things that God is doing to you. Amen. What am I saying? I'm saying pack your bag with new meat. Amen. That you can lift a hand and give in the name of Jesus. Amen. Because he's going to ask you about that one day. Amen. There's, a, there's an old joke. I mean, this... This goes way back past when I started preaching. I've heard, I've heard preachers refer to this for, for years. Amen. So I'm, I just tell you that to say it's not new. It's not mine. I didn't make it up. Amen. But there's this thing that I was in line in heaven to see Jesus. And, and there was this guy I started talking to. And he was just giving God glory, talking about how awesome he was. And all of the things that he, he had to say. And he said, um, so what would you do for Jesus? Well, I went to church every Sunday. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes got up and, 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 and welcomed people in. Or, you know, sometimes I parked cars. Or, or, or sometimes I, I, I did this or I did that. Or, you know, I, I was there to maybe half the work days. Praise God. Right? You know? And, and everything else. So, you know, I, I believed in Jesus and he saved me from my sin. And, and, and you know, everything, everything's good. I, I can't wait to see him and everything else. And um, so, so what'd you do? And the guy says, well, we'll talk about that later. Oh, okay, okay, cool. About the time the guy I'm talking to gets up and he, he steps in to the presence of Jesus there and in heaven, and Jesus opens up his arms and puts them around him and gives him a great big old hug, and he says, Peter, man, what a wonderful servant you've been. And I have to stop and think, holy crap. The guys that said it all those years probably didn't say holy crap, but that's just kind of me and, how, and, and my inflection to this. Holy crap, I just told Peter, the Peter, that... I went to church. I, I led service. I parked cars. I, I, I went to a few work parties and put some paint on the wall.
right? I don't say that to diminish what you do. Trust me, we're thankful for everybody that shows up for work party, right, Chris? I don't, I don't say that to diminish anything, but, but I use it as comparison to show us somebody that took the call to action and stepped into the full glory of God. 